Episode 76, Let the Learning Be the Reward. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educator's podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hi, Elite Educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. And whether you're teaching a lesson or you're learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. I'm here to empower you. I want you to reach your potential, and that's exactly why I refer to you as an elite educator, because that really describes someone that wants to take the time to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast just like this one to help hone your craft. I wouldn't be able to continue to reach teachers everywhere if it weren't for your support. So thank you to those of you who go on to iTunes, leave a rating, and leave a review. This, of course, lets iTunes know this show is important. We've got great things to do to really better our educational system by supporting one another and sharing ideas. And I'm just lucky enough to have the platform to do that for and share with you everything I've learned over the years, what I'm currently learning from connecting with other educators. I'm just the voice who's able to share with you some of the great things going on to really empower you to get on the train and be one of those elite educators. So today's shout out goes to New York Tom 88 who wrote a review called Breath of Fresh Air. He said, great show for educators who want to take their teaching to the next level. In a world of clouded ideologies of how teachers should teach Gretchen really brings great knowledge in a great podcast format. Gretchen, thank you for the great work that you're doing. Well, thanks so much, Tom. I appreciate you validating what we're doing here on the show. And I agree, I'm really trying to help educators take their teaching to the next level because we're all capable, but we sometimes need that push to see beyond the obstacles that are in front of us, to know that we're not alone, that we can do it, and just have some encouragement when we feel like we don't have the energy to pour more into a job that we already love and do each and every day. And I agree, there are a lot of ideologies about how to teach and what is best for kids, but if we truly have a grateful heart We put kids first, and we're doing the best we can each and every day. We're all going to win, no matter which route we take. So thanks again, Tom, for stopping by and letting me know you appreciate the show. Today, I want to help you reignite that passion and potential. We're going to talk about limiting those incentives and just let the learning be the reward. This podcast is especially for new teachers, but is really applicable to all educators. So hang on. This is going to be one empowering ride. If you've been listening for a while, you know I love to start the show by giving you the rationale for the episode. In networking with other educators on social media, I recently, during this holiday season, saw a lot of ideas going around about taking the elf on the shelf idea that many people utilize at home for their kids. That, you know, big brother's watching and going to tell Santa if you're not behaving and they're utilizing that in the classroom to promote better behavior and even dressing up fake cameras in the classroom to say, you know, the elf is watching. And although these ideas are cute and I'm glad we're able to utilize things at home and at school, I just worry that we're taking the wrong approach because we're focusing on all these other things instead of on the learning. And so I'll dive into why I think we're doing this, how I'm guilty of it myself, and how we can write the train. 
So I wanted to really focus on new teachers because I know this group of teachers really likes to keep up with the Joneses. They want to be the fun teacher. They want to be the likable teacher. And I don't want them to get caught in the trap. But that doesn't mean there aren't other educators along their own journey that can get caught up in the trap too. I knew a veteran teacher who constantly had to outdo everybody else. And it was so unhealthy because although she had the best of intentions, she really was doing it for the wrong motivations and and not really that it was quality education she was providing, but it had all the bells and the whistles and was the talk of the town. And all that is great, but it doesn't equal great teaching. And kids are going to miss out if we don't really focus on the learning. I mean, let's strip away all the fun stuff, get down to basics, and then build up from there with the fun stuff. But if we start with the fun stuff, our vision is so clouded that we're nowhere near teaching what we're supposed to, to the depth that we're supposed to, to ensure students are reaching the levels they're supposed to because we're too busy putting on a dog and pony show. And this is my confession. I used to do that. I had band-aided solutions that had no long-term results. The first thing I had was a behavior clip chart. I loved that thing. It was a little stoplight, red, yellow, green. Kids had their little clothespin clip with their number, didn't have their name, so it was only them. If a visitor came in, they couldn't tell Johnny was red today. And throughout the lesson, if you weren't you know, meeting expectations with your behavior, I'd ask you to drop a clip or if you're doing great, you could move up a clip and kids loved it and it really helped communicate to parents where their kids were at the end of the day. We'd mark it in agenda, send it home, parents would sign it, bring it back. It was a great system. But really what I was doing is just controlling that behavior rather than just setting up an environment where students were choosing to engage appropriately. And I know you're laughing. I had this one math curriculum that literally put students responses to teacher questions in the textbook so that when I'm planning my lesson I can see what an ideal response would look like and I'd laugh like who are these fake children with these eloquent responses so detailed like I'm lucky if I get a yes (laughs) you know and it reminds me of this that how am I supposed to create an environment where students come in you know bouncing into the classroom ready to learn it's like out of a fairy tale like you've got to be kidding me but I've seen people do it and I realized that really what I was doing is just tracking the misbehaviors and that was because students were bored or they just really weren't interested in what I was teaching and so instead of just tracking this which really never led to any change in behavior I could change their behavior proactively. So instead of waiting until the behavior happens and reacting, I could be proactive by just pouring more and more time and attention into my lesson plan. And the more I started to really detail plan, the less I even had to use the chart. Like I just forgot about it and kids were like, what color am I today? <laughs> Green, I don't know. <laughs> I forgot to track here, forgot to tell you. I forgot because we. I was so engaged. You were so engaged. You know, the whole class is on green and everyone would go crazy. And it was like, that was so much more effective and had a long-lasting effect of kids actually learning rather than tracking all these behaviors. That's what I mean by is a Band-Aid and no long-term solution. And the other confession I have is I had a treasure box and I had a ticket economy, you know, as kids turned in homework or uh, projects or went above and beyond or their behavior was great, I'd reward them with these tickets and then they'd use the tickets to purchase dollar store items that were in my little treasure box. And again, I totally innocent. I thought the behavior clip chart was great and I thought the treasure box thing was great. And these are ideas I had heard from other people. 
not shifting blame, but just saying that others were utilizing them. So that's probably why I didn't think anything of it. This is really where you have to dig down deep and think, is this really what's best for kids, regardless of Jim, So and Amanda are doing it? And what I realized is, even though I wanted to reward my kids that were doing the right thing, I should have rewarded them with additional learning opportunities instead of these items, instead of things. And it could have been, hey, you guys have been doing so great. You and I are going on a special field trip and a sub is coming in to do a normal day's lesson with the class or maybe these group of students get to go have an exclusive guest speaker you know in the auditorium or what I did one time is I took you know my top three best behaved students and we did a Skype interview with the author that we had been reading in literacy and that is really the way you should reward kids is with more learning you know a way to enhance their skill set and they're going to remember these things and they've earned it but they're learning as the reward instead of here's a really cool pencil or here's a cool book cover or whatever you know again no long-term results so my confession are those two things that I thought I was rewarding students for the right reasons and I really wasn't that the focus was not on learning and that literally is what it's supposed to be in the classroom at all times when you take away everything and you say what is my job today it's to get kids to learn and when you start looking at everything that you're doing you're like hmm is this really gonna encourage students to learn am I doing the right thing I was doing it all wrong and the how I know are two major examples so recently in our local news a good friend of mine Christine she got a spotlight from the local news station called educator getting results and she's such an energetic kid she teaches bio at the high school level super engaging and motivating and she says it's because she herself can't focus for long periods of time so she knows if she can't her kids can't so she goes above and beyond to make sure She's constantly moving and having kids doing something rather than just listening to her teach. And during this interview, uh, some of the kids spoke up and said, you know, they really wanted to come. And these are kids that don't want to go to any of their other classes, but they love coming to her class. They feel that they can do it. You know, she's truly a support system and makes it easy for them to learn. And they just have a good time. And she doesn't bribe them at all. She doesn't give them daily incentives like I did. She's not tracking their behavior. She's just teaching. And she spends so much time planning everything that goes on in one lesson to ensure that students are going to get the most out of it. And they do because of that. Just because she's planning. I mean, you look at her classroom and say, "How do? what are you doing? You paying the kids to behave like that? You know, they're begging to do experiments. They're begging to lead some sort of lesson. You know, they're begging to just stay five more minutes and other teachers are like that kid you know I can barely get him to show up on time and so that's how I know that what I'm saying is true that learning has got to be the reward they want to come there and learn these tricky bio terms they want to understand what's going on in the body and in the world and they want to show off their skills and their knowledge and feel like they are somebody and the second example is a mentor I look up to I'm sure you've heard of him Ron Clark and then all the other teachers at his school that they handpick these unique individuals that truly let the learning lead the way and not all these rewards and it's not to say they don't have rewards because if you follow them on social media you see they go big but it's not every day and it's not a bribery it's a celebration and usually the celebration is additional learning opportunities they go to another country and physically feel and see and experience what they've just been learning in class and it's not everyone that gets to go it's the ones that have earned it 
And their lessons, especially around clocks, are bigger than life. And they put so much time into planning their lessons and in planning their learning environments. You know, it's so fun and engaging. It's just beyond the textbook. It's beyond those incentives. And they're not tracking behavior and there's no bribery. So these two examples let me know, hey, learning can be the reward and it can work. And it can work of students of all ages, K through high school, even college. So this is what I want you to know. To truly leave your mark on this world, you need to prepare kids for their future. So sure, they're going to remember that you're super cute and you're fun, but just because you're fun and you're nice and you're welcoming does not translate into students that are going to excel or succeed in life. So I want you to take those attributes that you have, you know, the fun, the nice, the welcoming, and build off of them so that you're then truly teaching kids the skills necessary to then go out in the world and do big things. And so you're probably like, okay, so how do I do this? How do I become this teacher? Well, it's very simple. And it just requires your time and dedication, which we know you have because you're a teacher. It goes hand in hand. I, I want you to spend more time planning. And I know you feel like, A, you don't have time to plan, or B, you plan a lot as it is, and you can't imagine spending more free time planning. But here's the thing. Just like any new thing you start doing, it takes forever for you to find your flow and to get good at it. So if you just start dedicating yourself to thoroughly planning, you know, it's going to be a grueling session at first, but you know that every day it's going to get more efficient and you're going to become more effective. But you've got to start by putting the time in in the right way. So that means you've got to stop searching Pinterest and teachers pay teachers. I know I can't believe I'm saying this because I myself do the same thing and I have tons of products on teachers pay teachers. And so I believe in those methods, but I'll tell you how to utilize those later. But you don't start there. So stop searching, just look at your standard, create an objective that you can teach in just one sitting. Then you're going to flush out that I do, we do, you do, and then have some way to check students' understanding, whether it's an assessment or some tool to give you feedback. And once you've got that skeleton in place, you know you're teaching what you're supposed to be teaching. You're focused on students gaining a skill set rather than just completing some fun activity, now you can add in the fun stuff, the sparkle. So how can you step it up? How can you get kids more involved? How can you build in excitement? And many new teachers start here. They try and start with the sparkle and work backwards and find that objective or that standard, and it doesn't work that way. Not if you want to be an effective, fun, cute teacher like we've been talking about. So I also want you, the next thing you can do is then enhance your lessons with multimodal learning opportunities. So I want you to think beyond that sparkly activity and start thinking about student behaviors. So what do you want students doing during the lesson? Not completing, you know, a super fun worksheet. Let students sing or dance or act or, you know, work with their hands and interact with other students outside the class. Think about how are gardeners multiple intelligences and build off from there. Is there something in this lesson for everyone? And of course, you're not going to be able to do this every time, but if you're attempting to include as many different learning abilities, then you know your lesson is starting to get spruced up and you know you're focusing on student actions. What are they doing versus, I just want to find this really cool thing to do. 
and this is why planning takes so long. You're exercising a new creative muscle. There's no Google search that's going to produce that for you. And that doesn't mean, like I was saying before, that you can't search Teachers Pay Teachers or Pinterest every now and again. But don't start there and don't end there. You know, in fact, I encourage you not even to go there unless you have a strong lesson and you know exactly what piece you're wanting to find. So rather than just haphazardly skimming resources without having a clear focus, you go on there with a purpose. You know what you're looking for. You're in and you're out. You're not getting derailed by all the cutesy clip art and the fun activities because, again, what are you there for? You're there to teach the content. You're there to teach the standard. You're sprucing it up, but you're not leading with those fun activities. You're trying to become efficient. You're trying to become effective. And the last simple thing I want you to do is have fun. I know you're like, what? That's ridiculous. But yes, because if your kids can't see your joy, then they won't feel and exhibit joy either. You've got to wake up excited to go teach. Your kids will never rush to your classroom excited to learn. Jump on desks, scream for dramatics, dress up in costumes, be silly and be serious. You know, just let loose and watch your kids drop their guard and drop that negativity and then open themselves to a whole new world of learning. Our goal is really here to get kids hooked on learning, not on things. Those Band-Aid solutions I mentioned in the beginning are just short-sighted tools with little effectiveness in our goal to prepare kids to be fantastic in their future. So put in the time in the right way, and kids are going to love to learn, but most of all, they're going to love to learn from you. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on Let the Learning Be the Reward. Now go out and be now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details.